0: And welcome to Polar Bears AT Adventure. Uh, my name is Chris and this is my very first podcast. And in this episode I'll be talking about my experience as a 2019 Appalachian Trail through hiker. And what got me interested in actually doing the trail itself was the movie A Walk in the Woods. And that got my interest uh, to do what's called the 14 State Challenge. Now uh The actual Appalachian Trail itself is called the Appalachian National Scenic Trail, and it consists of 14 states, and a total from beginning to end is 2,192 miles. Now, the actual 14 states it goes through, you begin at Georgia, you go through North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and finally to make it to uh, Maine at Baxter State Park where Mount Katahdin is. So uh, actually, uh, before I even started the trail or even thought about it, I had very little experience as a hiker. So I jumped online, watched a bunch of uh, YouTube videos, got some books to read, uh, actually went out to a uh, place where I can get ideas on the type of gear I need Uh, and everything. So got all that done. I started actually hiking uh, about six months prior to actually being on on the trail. Um, I actually had a mild stroke. And to me, that was scary because I had planned all this out and all of a sudden this comes up. So I actually thought that, you know, maybe I'm not going to be able to actually do the trail itself. So I was not going to let that happen to me. So I went through some nice uh, physical education and got back into the swing of things. And I was very determined to actually start the trail. Now, uh, I started my actual through hike uh, March 22nd, 2019. And I decided to take the, the trail name of Polar Bear. So usually everybody starts with a trail name or they do something funny on the trail and they get a, uh, some sort of funny trail name. So I had a Little stuffed polar bear with a Pepsi in his hand. So I actually started the trail and finished the trail with him. So he was a real big help as well. So uh, the actual trail um, on the morning of March 22nd, I flew in from Cleveland to Atlanta, got a ride into what they call Amicola Falls State Park, which is the actual part of the trail itself that you start, you go through the famous arch. And at the uh, falls itself uh, the actual trail you go from 1,800 foot elevation up to 2,550 foot elevation and it consists of 604 steps, which is a very intense climb and You go up to 700 feet to view the falls From there that is another big climb to Springer Mountain Shelter is you go from 2550 to 3,700 feet uh, above sea level up to the shelter so actually uh, the shelter itself on of Mountain after that you actually start the actual trail itself right there you it was really neat uh, doing the actual trail uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting because now you have a very nice descent down Well, your first intense climb is gonna be 4,400 foot and that's gonna be Blood Mountain near uh, Neil Gap which is a mountain crossings outfitter store well The climb itself was one of the most intense climbs I ever did in my life. And the descent was even twice as intense. intense. So I was paired up with another hiker and when we got down finally after a two hour descent and seeing the Neil Gap mountain crossings, oh, we were just so happy. It consists of both an outfitter and that was my first experience with a hostel, which is pretty neat. So I definitely was able to stay there for a night, uh, order a pizza, and two-liter Pepsi, and we sat around watching movies. Uh, now the trail itself, you actually go through the Blue Ridge, Shenandoah, and Great Smoky Mountains. And when you hit the Smoky Mountains, uh, you're going to experience uh, what was it? Uh, a elevation increase and decrease of eighteen thousand five hundred feet. So you go up, 9,200 feet uh, when you start the uh, start the Smoky Mountains, and you descend another 9,200 feet. But uh, prior to doing all that, the first 78 miles of the trail in Georgia, you're going to experience ten 4,000 footers and eight 5,000 footers. So I was all happy to get out of Georgia, get into uh, North Carolina, and I heard so much about the Georgia North Carolina border, which I seen a sign. And I thought it was going to be more, but I seen a sign. It had N.C. slash N.C. or G.A. slash N.C. And that was a border. It had this metal tube that this tree had formed around. And usually at the borders, you'll have a, a notebook. You could put your name, say something or your, your trail name and everything. And that was a border, my first border. Itself. So I was like, OK, I was thrilled with that. So getting into uh, North Carolina, uh, you actually go into what they call the Nantahala Outdoor Center. That is the only permit uh, that actually costs hikers, and it's 20 bucks for the permit. So average, going through the Smoky Mountains is going to take you about eight days. Now, what was really neat uh, in the movie A Walk in the Woods, uh, you see Fontana Dam. And in the movie, they actually do a, um, uh, what was it, Um, I forget now, Uh, a little flyover. And it shows you actually how big the dam itself is. And the night before, you'll actually stay at what's called the Fontana Hilton. Yeah, nice shelter, double-decker. And basically, that's what starts your uh, climb into the Smoky Mountains. Uh, and finally, at about 200 miles mark, uh, you get to, to Clingman's Dome. And that's the highest part of the Appalachian Trail itself. And is at 6,600 feet above sea level. That also gets you a chance to get into Gatlingburg, Tennessee, which is a really cool town. And there's also a really neat hostel at uh, Standing Bear Farms Hostel. Now, prior to getting into uh, Clingman's Dome the night before, uh, the whole shelter was all full, and I got a chance to sleep on top of a picnic table in my nice five-degree-down bag I tested. Well, that night, there was a big ice storm. Didn't know until the next morning. Come out, uh, open my bag and everything, and there's everything is all iced. Uh, even the food bags that we had hanging were, like, almost solid. So, luckily, I was the first person out of the shelter, and that was probably... Uh, Temperature was probably about 28 degrees. Uh, Within probably the next few hours by, I'd say, uh, I started at about 7 a.m. in the morning. By noon, it was about 65 degrees. Nice weather. Everything's all green. Uh, And it was really interesting because I took a few pictures. And about the top of the five foot of the trees, the first five feet was nothing but ice. Everything from below that was green. Very nice weather. Finally getting into Clemont Dome, and I was so happy to do it because that was like my first highlight of the actual trail itself. From there, uh, I got a chance to go into bird spend a day, start hiking again. Um, and once you get into, uh, outside of Standy Bear Farm Hostel, then you've got a pretty good uh, type of climb. And this is a climb where you have about uh, two or three actually uh, false, uh, what they call false summits. And after each summit, I'm climbing, oh, you know, I'm going to finally get to the up to the top and there it is again. So I'm like, ah. Oh. But finally you get up the top, there's a nice view. Uh, very tired that day. Uh, nice shelter. So I was so happy to actually get in the shelter and relax. Uh, from there, you get a chance to go over to the, what they call uh, the over mountain Shelter which called the barn, a massive red barn. And it probably hold about 40 uh, pikers itself. So it's in the middle of just this big open pasture, which I thought that was really cool. Uh, from there, the climb down from Bluff Mountain was intense because you go from about 4,600 feet down to 1,400 feet. But right at the end, you're so happy uh, to see what's called the Laughing Heart Lodge. And that's at mile 275 in Hot Springs, North Carolina. And I was just so happy to get in there. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. So I took uh, two days off and relaxed. And eh, I got a chance to actually uh, get more food. And the really big highlights of the whole trail itself for me was I would actually get a chance to resupply at Dollar Generals and Dollar Stores. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I would, I would hit a supermarket. Usually I was happy, 20, 30 bucks, you know, two, three days of food, I'm happy. Uh, So from there, uh, I had a chance to get into the Rowan Highlands, which is really neat, uh, near Carver's Gap. And the Rowan Highland Shelter is the actual highest elevation shelter on the AT at 6,270 feet above sea level. And from there, you get into Rowan Mountain, Tennessee, really cool town. Another amazing hostel, which is called the Bootoff Hostel in Hampton, Tennessee, at mile 428. From there, uh, I had a chance, yeah, usually I started 8 miles a day. Uh, then I built up to uh, 11, 12 miles a day. Then finally got up to 15. So usually by, as you hit Damascus, um, yeah, usually now doing 18, 20 miles a day. And that's what I was able to do because my first 21 mile a day, was in Damascus, so did another zero day there. Got out, started my truck again. So got uh, into southern uh, Virginia. Your uh, first really big uh, climb is going to be Mountain Rogers at fifty-seven hundred feet, and that leads you to what's called the Fat Man Squeeze. This is such a squeeze because there's no way really no way of really getting through. So you got to take your pack off and throw it a whole bunch of times. Uh, to actually wiggle your way through. So I was real happy to do that. And then on the other side, my other highlight was called Grayson Highland State Park at mile 500. And I was just so happy because at that point, you're about 5,000 foot elevation. And you get a chance to uh, walk through the first uh, part of the actual state park itself. And next thing comes up is you see wild ponies. And this is a, a big, uh, real happy thing I was able to see. So, the actual ponies walk right up to you. You're able to, you know, give them a few snacks, pet them, get some pictures. Uh, I was really amazed to also see, in the state park itself, uh, the longhorn steers. And these things are just massive cows. So, I kept a different distance. I, I didn't want to get too close to these things. And they just looked at us like, eh, hikers, Okay. <laughs> So uh, uh, really next to big part of the trail itself was I got a chance to uh, get into uh, Troutville, um, Virginia, and that was actually the first time that I was actually able to get new shoes. And the shoes I did get lasted me about 780 miles before they pretty much disintegrated. Um, so I was real happy to you know, get new shoes. I mean, spent the money and everything. Uh, so pretty much after that, you get, get a chance to get into the Partnership Shelter near uh, Marion, Virginia, which is real nice. And I think either before or after uh, Partnership Shelter, which is really cool, uh, because there's a Visitor Information Center. From there, you can actually call and get a pizza delivered with two liters of Pepsi. So I was happy to take the day off for that evening. I got in there about 630. So I was happy. Uh Really, the the really neat uh, part of the trail was going to what's called the Linden Mood Schoolhouse. And inside was by far the ultimate uh, trail magic there. There was like five or six uh, coolers, uh, had snacks, uh, cold drinks, uh, some medical stuff. And you were able to actually sit inside this 1894 schoolhouse, which you could probably fit... Eh, maybe twenty kids at the most, which was really neat. Uh, I was I took so many pictures. I Was real happy to be there. So uh, from there, I got down to uh, Bona Vista, uh, Virginia. You started about eight hundred nine foot elevation and climb, make the climb, intense climb up to uh, Bald Knob, which is at four thousand feet above sea level. And usually, it's a little tricky because you get down to these towns and you get into a low elevation. Well, now you got Bay elevation to climb out like almost every time. So I was like, ah. uh, it, it was really neat. Uh, finally got into uh, Waynesboro, uh, Virginia, near Rockfish Gap. Uh, the actual town itself has a, uh, a free camping area. And uh, another place to get into is a uh, Fort Royal, which starts the Shenandoah National Park. And there's also a brewery for hikers. They're very happy to, to see hikers there. Uh, and which... I could say every state that I did go through, people, the, the local people, were just so happy to see us hikers. And a lot of times they went out of their way to actually help us, either uh, to get to a grocery store or they would actually take us in for the night and actually go up, buy us lunch or dinner, which we were real happy to you know actually do that. Uh, from there, the next uh, yeah really big... Part of the trip for me was getting to Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. Now, that's the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, that's the headquarters. So, that's at about mile uh, uh, 1045. Really neat-looking little town. I was able to take uh, a day off. Uh, I heard about a $12 commuter train from Harpers Ferry. It goes right into Washington, uh, D.C. Spent two days in there. I uh, went through a whole bunch of uh, museums, got many pictures, finally got a chance to go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, did a $12, $12 uh, train ride back, and from there, I got back on trail. And it was pretty neat, because you go across this large bridge, and unfortunately now, there was a train wreck, so the bridge is pretty much out of commission. So, uh, I was happy to actually make it before the you know there was a train wreck. Uh, another highlight was uh, actually crossing the Potomac River. and there is uh, near uh, Weaverton Cliffs, there is a uh, very large uh, was it uh, I think one of the biggest footbridges uh, that was there, which was really neat. Uh, from there, uh, a lot of the hikers trying to do the uh, what they call the Four State Challenge. And that's going from the end of Virginia into West Virginia, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. And they tried doing it all in 48 hours. For me, I was happy just to do each state just at my leisure. So that was pretty cool. Um, from there, I uh, got into... Uh, oh, there was another really neat uh, uh, place of the Susquehanna, Susquehanna uh, river Bridge, uh, because you got to watch out for peregrine falcons, and they would actually come down and swoop at you uh, the whole time you're actually trying to cross this bridge. One of the really cool uh, shelters on the trail itself is in Pennsylvania, and it's very close to a beaver dam, uh, which is near Roush Creek. And this shelter called the Roush Gap Shelter was so cool because usually when you get to a shelter, you have there's a pretty good distance between the shelter. And a water source. This one right here, you'd walk about maybe ten feet, and the water source is right there. Real clean water and everything it was real great. Um, and I could say uh, Virginia itself is last five hundred and fifty miles, both part going through southern Virginia, northern Virginia. But when you hit uh, Pennsylvania, now you have two hundred and fifty miles, and it is like the most intense walk because. Pennsylvania is basically known on the trail as Roxovania because there are just rocks everywhere. I mean, massive boulders that you got to transverse and everything. So once we got through uh, towards the end of Pennsylvania, I was so happy to get into the Delaware Water Gap because there is a church hostel, really neat little, little town there, and one of the best places to get chocolate milkshake. So I was real happy to get in there. Uh, after the Delaware water gap, that's when he crossed into from the Pennsylvania to New Jersey border, which is really neat. So I got a bunch of pictures about that. So, from and next thing, or next place that I decided to get into was the Mohican Outdoor Center. And that's actually where I got my first tent. Uh, before that, the first month I tried a hammock and a hammock tent. And the hammock lasted about a month. That went home. So up until uh, the uh, Delaware Water Gap, I used the hammock tent, which is like this massive nine-foot tent that I could use. You could put two people in there with your packs. The only drawback was when it got wet, it was four pounds of wetness. And that really, you know, really got me a lot of times uh, with my packs. So that went home, spent the money, got a tent, very happy. Uh, After that, um, we got into, I've seen couple of several of the fire towers on the trail which was really cool Uh, a lot of times it's a very intense climb but when you get up the top it's amazing views so uh, i was happy to get to go through new jersey and then new york uh, on the trail and in both states rather quickly in and out and on new york uh, in the new york trail you actually go through one of the small zoos which i thought was pretty cool unfortunately uh, it was closed when i you know got into town there so I had a little dual bypass. Uh, What was really interesting getting to into the Bear Mountain Inn, which is in New York, you cross the Hudson River, and this bridge is just massive. I mean, it's long. Unfortunately, you go from 190 foot of elevation up to 720 feet of elevation, then you drop down and then go back up to about 750. Uh, But between the New York and Connecticut border, uh, your elevation is between 1,000 thousand and fifteen hundred 1,500 feet, which is not bad. By then, you're just so used to climbing up and down, going up and down mountains, so it's easy. Uh, another uh, really interesting part of the trail was Mount Everett, and that's at 2,600 feet. And after that, you start getting into Massachusetts, which is really neat, because uh, as soon as I got into Massachusetts, about, about a half hour, um, I'm out filling, uh, you know, nice fresh water and everything. Get back out to my pack and I look down, I see a movement and I'm in the middle of the forest with my pack with now new water or great water. And I have a porcupine comes walking up to me like he was my best friend. Well, I had to do a few pictures and he turned around and finally got away from me real quick. But I, that was neat uh, to actually see a porcupine First time ever in my life. (laughs) So, um, uh, another really interesting part was uh, what's called Clarendon uh, Gorge at mile 1686, I think. Uh, One of the best swimming holes, which is real cool. So, uh, from there, I got a chance to actually get up to one of three ski resorts, actually, on the trail. It's part of it. Uh, The first one is uh, Killington Peak Ski Resort. And it's really neat because you go up one of the tallest hills, and right on the top, the ski patrol has a lodge for hikers. doesn't cost you anything. And I was really happy to in there because by the time I get in there, the weather had really turned, uh, you know, worse a little bit. Uh, next morning, turned out to be rain. So you get into uh, Rutland, Vermont, I was real happy because I heard of a really cool hostel called the Yellow Deli Hostel. You know? These people were very interested. I took two days off. I was just so happy. Uh, so getting out of there, I uh, got into West Hartford, Vermont. And that was really neat because I come off the trail and there's some more trail magic, which was hikers that actually did the trail uh, before. So I was asking a whole bunch of questions what to expect now. Uh, the little town of Hartford, or West Hartford, Vermont, actually was hit real bad in the 2011 hurricane of Hurricane Irene, basically it destroyed the entire town. Uh, there was very little of the town left. So, didn't mind staying there. She uh, finally got out, made it to the Connecticut River, and now I'm at the Vermont-New Hampshire border, near Dartmouth College in Hanover, New ha- New Hampshire. Really cool. Um, made it into uh, Glencliff, uh, New Hampshire, which. One of the really cool climbs, I mean, it's intense, but getting up the top was awesome. It's called Mount Musalak And it is a intense 4,800 foot climb. Uh, really neat, because you get up to the top and you actually like wind around a whole bunch of areas. Um, it's like going through uh, probably the Grand Canyon and get up to the top. And I mean, just the view was just incredible. So I, w- I was real happy to, you know, actually get it there. Uh, that's when you actually start the whites, what they call the white mountain ranges in New Hampshire. And that's there's a few uh, what they call huts. Uh, hikers get a chance to either do uh, work for stay or pay $10, where any other people there who are actually hiking the trail, uh, these things are roughly $100, $150 bucks a night. So I was happy to be a through hiker, and uh, the two huts I stayed at, I actually did work for stay. And it was great. Uh, prior to actually getting into the White uh, Mountains, um, I made it to Mount Lincoln, or before that. It uh, was a really nice uh, uh, camping spot. About 3, 30 in the afternoon, a storm rolls in. I'm thinking, okay, it's too early to camp. So I'm like, I'll wait until, you know, the... the storm dies down a little bit. Everything cleared up. I'm thinking, okay, not a problem. I can do this next six miles. Um, not realizing that, I always, what they call, above tree line. And I get up to the top, and it eh, starts raining again. Well, it quickly went from about 65 degrees down to about 42 degrees rather quickly. Uh, when it, There was a massive storm that rolls in. So I'm six miles above treetop, uh, and there's basically... No shelter. Uh, it went from massive amounts of rain to freezing rain, sleet, uh, there was hail, and it actually got down to near zero visibility, almost a whiteout. And then I had to contend with 30 mile per hour winds. So the climb to uh, both Mount Lincoln and Mount Lafayette are intense uh, because I, I'm just being pushed by these 30 mile an hour winds and a lot of the times, I wasn't sure if I was on the trail or not. And I start seeing these rock carns. So that helped me. Uh, pretty much, uh, I averaged about two miles an hour. Uh, that time, through that part of the whites, or beginning of the whites, uh, I was doing about three miles an hour. And I was literally running just to get to safety. And I'm thinking, okay, I hope I don't get the hypothermia because then I'm really gonna be in trouble. Uh, unfortunately, I did do a major fall uh, and I got a 30-pound pack on, and I got pinned in between uh, this rock face. So, and of course, I got one arm pinned. So I'm, you know, rain's coming down massively, and I'm trying to unhook my uh, backpack, trying to get it away. And I, I finally wiggled out uh, of the actual area that I was at. Get uh, all my composure done. Get my pack back on. Finally, make it uh, to the other side. And as I start descending uh, before into another massive climb, of Mount Garfield, everything goes back to normal. I mean, the, the rain stops, the temperature goes back up to about 65, 68 degrees, and I'm just wet as hell. I mean, everything else is wet, my whole pack. So I was happy to get into, finally get into a shelter uh, at, after, a little after Mount Garfield. So that evening, I was just so happy to you know, unwind Start drying everything out, and I got back on the trail. What was really neat uh, when you get into the New England states, especially the, the northern Appalachian Mountains, is you start getting into what's called the Presidential Mountains. And it's 19-mile range with 13 presidential mountains that elevation is at 4,000 feet or above. And one of the really cool mountains, which I heard about a lot on the trail, is actually Mount Washington. And before you make that climb, which is a 1,200 foot climb uh, to Mount Washington itself, there is by far the coolest hut called Lake of the Clouds Hut. And it's just before you make the climb to Mount Washington. And for me, that night uh, of being at at this hut, uh, clear skies, I mean, clear weather was excellent for about three days. And I got a chance that evening to look up and actually see uh, the Milky Way for the first time ever in my life. And it was both massive and amazing. So without without any of the uh, bright lights and everything, it was just incredible to see this thing. So from there, I make it up to Mount Washington and itself, uh, the mountain itself, is really interesting where it's positioned at because it can actually pull in storms and actually move out storms. And it's the highest uh, record uh, of, I think, uh, wind, uh, the amount of wind that could happen there. Uh, I think it was, the record is 230 miles per hour winds, and roughly it's about 70 degrees below zero. So the, the time that I made it up there, clear skies for about three days straight, I mean great to do the pictures there's also the uh mount washington observatory which is run by scientists 365 days a year and it is really neat just to actually get a chance to talk to these people itself uh, there was a really neat town before that uh and they gave you a lot of insight is what to expect once you start making your climb up there uh from